Good morning and welcome to your Daily Game Face live here on Wednesday, the 22nd of June. I am here live with Lou. Yes, I'm here. <laughs> Who doesn't like what? how I say Lou this morning? It's a tone, yes. Yes, and I have the special guest I've been talking about for the past three weeks, four weeks, that I have brought in today. And we'll get right to the start. I know that everyone likes to hear me pick on Lou and do our banter, but... We can do that next week. Fine. Yeah. I know. Don't worry. There'll be opportunities today, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, I'm so excited because if you can see on screen, the beautiful Michelle Michelizzi, but more importantly, the smart Michelle Michelizzi is here. Um, <laughs> um, Michelle Michelizzi, I have known for the better part of 40-something years. I don't know. Do the math. 44. 44 or 43 years. Yeah. I think we met when, when I was nine and you were seven. Seven. Yes. So there we go. So, um, I think we're two years apart, right? And, and then we had a long time together and then we took a long break from each other. And then, well, like, the, kinda, you know, we grew yeah, up. We, right. We grew up and it wasn't because of anything else, but we grew up and we did our things. And during the pandemic, I must have been, you know, searching and bored. And I was like, oh my God, there she is. Yeah. And I went searching and we found each other oh. again. And so we have been. Was it during the pandemic? Yeah, well, it was like, yeah, right, right around, like right at the cusp of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so Michelle, so I'm going to introduce Michelle just like more officially first before I go into how we know each other. But um, if you guys go on to my site right now, you can see all of her graphics. I believe Lou has them up and he has all of her. Um, oh, no, I'll put them up. Oh, no. Way. Oh, no. No, we don't have those <laughs> there. But the, they will be there. So Michelle is um, Michelle Michelizzi Enterprises, if you want to look her up. But we will have all of her bio and her photos and her information there for you to look her up. But um, right off the top, so Michelle's mission is to lift up and encourage others to discover their best, which, you know, goes along with my helping people to live their best life and, and live um, functionally despite their dysfunction. So she has a strong belief in community and collective engagement, and she thinks outside the box to educate, inspire, solve problems, and create growth in all of her endeavors and in other people, I will add. A true polypreneur, which is going to be the word of the day because most people think of entrepreneur, but Michelle and I practice polypreneurship, which is we're diversified. And I think that that's one of the things about women in leadership that are strong and powerful is that when they polypreneur, they are into multiple different things to enhance their lives, to make other people's lives better in different things. So she is a true polypreneur and um, her fortes are consumer real estate marketing, marketing relationship, public relations, project management, communications, high level prospecting, sales, business coaching, business consultation, creative entrepreneurship, health and fitness, philanthropy, and visual journalism and social practice art that connects business to community. Um, and she's often referred to as an entrepreneur's entrepreneur. Um, she grew up in a family business, which I knew her family very well. And her dad, who's now passed, but he's he was an amazing man in our town in Vermont that we both grew up in. Um, she has uh, Relentless Talk Radio and Michelizzi Art and Fashion. Um, choose Healthy Change, Me to Media Design and Marketing. Um, and she has a multitude of other different endeavors that she and we can talk about. Um, she also um, 
is a health coach and body image uh, personal trainer. And she's worked with tons of large companies that you would be familiar with if you go to her website. And she's a certified personal trainer and a yoga um, teacher and health coach. And she is a skilled speaker and presenter and speaks beautifully and eloquently. And not only is she a fitness buff, but she competes really well as a fitness guru as well. If you ever can catch a picture of her, she might, she might, you know, look really awesome. Um, (laughs) You know, just a little bit. And um, she's a big believer in education for people in general, but in women. And she has multiple degrees um, in fine art, um, computer design certifications, a master's degree in administration. Um, and it can go on and on and on, but you are all more than welcome to go and look her up. She is from my hometown and her hometown together in Rutland, Vermont. That's where we grew up together. We were gymnasts together. Um, and she is, was an excellent gymnast and she was just ahead of me in terms of age, but we were in the gym all the time together and we, all the time together because we spent a lot of time in the gym working out for high level gymnastics and Michelle was an excellent gymnast and she went on to do other things and so did I and so here we are today but I brought her because she uh, we we discussed on her talk show uh, podcast a couple years ago um, women in leadership and being entrepreneur and kind of how diversifying and going forward is um, helpful to women and trying to break the glass ceiling and how to be powerful and resourceful and empowering each other, but also people in general, not just women, but mm-hmm. our focus is that today. Um, so welcome, Michelle. That was a long intro, but here we are. Wow. <laughs> Thank you for all that. Jeez. I don't know how I fit it all in. I know, right? You know, <laughs> because you don't stop to think about what you really do when you're doing day to day. And then all of a sudden when someone says it all, you're like, oh yeah, people do that to me too. And I'm like, oh yeah, I do all that. Uh So the newest thing is that um, I'm the marketing director and business development um, director for Kaya Marketing. And I'm super excited about my relationship with Kaya Marketing right now. So um, that's my, my lead hustle currently. Yes. I I have a lead hustle. You have a lead hustle or hustles and then I have side hustles. And then, then I have hustles on hiatus. That's how we are. You know what I mean? So, so tell us a little bit about your, so Kaya marketing, because I know that we had talked about that prior to the show, you and myself yesterday talking about the exciting opportunities that are coming for that and what that means for you. So I met Najla Kaya about, I would say 12 years ago now. Um, She's like, we are strong, smart, driven, funny. You know, you can't, you can't miss her when she walks in a room tall, you know, just, um, we look like we probably could be cousins, you know? Um, so we met when she had a gym called sick fit. So they started off as a CrossFit gym and they moved to a sick that they created a brand called sick fit. And she hired my company, which was then called fearlessly deliver. And now it's Michelin's enterprises to do some consulting projects for her. And, uh, and then I invited her and her son, Luke, who's also a rock star to be part of my art of fearlessly doing business projects. And then Luke hired me to do a couple of projects for his company, Fitness Tribe Alive. So I have been a Kayam, um, I don't know, hang around for a while. And she, you know, I, she posted that she had a marketing position open at midnight. And I woke up at three o'clock and saw it. And we spoke the next day and we've been aligned ever since. That's perfect, actually, because everything that I'm doing for Kayam is everything that Michelizzi Media and Michelizzi Enterprises does for 
other people. And what's cool about being with Naj is that she's got 25 years of just like stellar experience in the commercial real estate space. So I get to use every single one of my skills and I get to work with a really strong woman who's just like I am. She's a roll your sleeves up, get into the trenches, you know, get shit done kind of girl. So um, I, I like to work with women like that because we get shit done. Lou, do you have a question for that? Or yeah. 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 Well, I do, actually. <laughs> well, I'm like, Lou usually jumps right in. I'm like, yeah. Lou, he yeah. didn't. <laughs> I, I do, actually. You already listed some characteristics of people that you are attracted to, that you like, hopefully characteristics, I think, that you feel you employ as well. Especially for a woman being an entrepreneur and being at your level, what are some of the characteristics that they need to have? And what of them can be developed? In other words, are all these innate? Are you born with this type of drive or are these things you can develop as you go? Huh. So that's like a double question. I like him, Kim. He's kind of cool. I so you're, you're asking, first of all, what are the characteristics of, of female entrepreneurs? Yes. I think they're the same characteristics of male entrepreneurs. Oh, good answer. Oh, it is a good answer. Yes. You know, I, I don't, this whole gender thing about women are strong people. Okay. Now, there, there are some women that have, I'm not going to say masculine tendencies because I don't like, I don't like to, this masculine feminine thing kind of, right. it's strength period. You know what I mean? Like if you, my dad was a man, you know, and he was an entrepreneur and, and as was, I was thinking about this this morning, Kim, as was your father. Yes. Our, our, my father owned the bicycle shop and your father owned the gymnastics gym, right? So they were in the sports industry. And I think sometimes people don't realize that you can be a coach, but you're also an entrepreneur because right. you're, and you're, you're, you're a bicycle shop owner, but you're an entrepreneur, you know? And, uh, I think I learned everything I need to know about entrepreneurship from our fathers mm -hmm. and your mom, you know, and, 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 uh, Marion Coetzer who bought my dad's bicycle shop in Vermont. I don't really think it's gender specific. I think it's personality specific. And I think some men have it and some women have it. I think where we get kind of the rub is that historically women were supposed to be seen and not heard maybe. Yeah. You know, maybe, I don't know. I'm Irish and Italian. So whatever to that, right? Like tell my cousin Lisa that she's like, whatever, you know what I mean? So I just think that, you know, our roles have changed a bit and I don't think all of that's good. You know, I think that men should be men and women should be women. I think sometimes strong women get the, uh, a bad rap because they're, they're considered ball busters or they're, or bulldozers and men don't get the same reputation because to be strong as a man is expected to be strong as a woman is unexpected sometimes. Well, it's unexpected, don't you think, Michelle? And often then considered threatening. Whereas if a man's doing the same thing, it's not as threatening or intimidating because it's yeah, yes. the role stereotype. Yes and no. Right. I think sometimes we we um, we allow these preconceptions of what strength is to allow us to label things, which makes us a victim and creates a um, mine or yours, win or lose situation. And I don't think that's the answer to the problem. Right. I think the answer to the problem is just kind of realizing that we are still dealing with stereotypical ideas about men and women and how they're supposed to behave. And smart women leaders um, rule with their heart and their kindness first, because that's how we're wired. And they don't try to be men with how they rule. 
I think that's where we get into a little bit of a rub. When a woman tries to be too masculine and then if she's perceived as being um, a ball buster or too tough. One of my friends just recently posted about this, you know, that he's not afraid of uh, strong women, but he doesn't like aggressive, rude people. And I answered back, I don't like aggressive and rude women. I said, I don't like aggressive and rude people. Right. You know, but when a woman does it, it's, it's double whammy as opposed to when a man does it. When a man's rude and aggressive, he's just being masculine. And when a woman's rude and aggressive, she's being a bulldozer and she's gets a bad rap. So it's, it's kind of, it's a tough question. And the younger me would have jumped right on the bandwagon with like, yeah, you know what I mean? But the older me knows that, um, Coming at that question with brute force doesn't solve the problem. You, you just brought up something. You, you clarified something for me, I think, because I think what you're talking about is men are bred to be alpha dogs. They work in that arena and they are constantly trying to one up each other and gain control. That's not necessarily a woman's role. And that's particularly challenging to a man when a woman tries to do it because that challenges the masculine feminine feminine things it's it's one thing to be alpha dog by another guy it's another thing to be alpha dog by a woman so well i, th- I think that some men are alpha dogs and some men are, men are b players right right but they try to be alpha dogs and they, if you're yeah. not an alpha and you're a b then you have all the pressure from the alphas to like step up your game but some men and we you know i was talking to a client yesterday and she said he said there's if there's house cats and there's alley cats and he was talking about salespeople, right he goes so-and-so is an alley cat. And I went, yeah, and you need alley cats. You know, you need scrappers. You need people that are going to willing to get out there and, you know, really get dirty, not necessarily but in a, in a lack of character way, but in a, you need scrappers in life, right? And But you also need like the, you know, the guy that's going to greet you at the door, you know, dressed and coiffed and, and with the tie, you know I mean? Like it's, it's a, uh, you need all kinds of people to make up the world. And I think when we look at this men, woman thing as like, us them or good bad or uh alpha not alpha then we we kind of limit the conversation i think yeah but i think that's what defined what i think the point we're trying to get across is that some women come across as ball busters and some women come across as just strong women that we find attractive others the ball busters challenge our masculinity i think women can be strong and be entrepreneurs and be their own selves and be beautiful I just think some men are challenged by when they're one-upped on a on a masculine face-to-face basis. I don't. I don't think that that their your masculinity is challenged. I think that rude and aggressive is rude and aggressive, and it's annoying. Yeah, there's well, that too. Yeah. Well, so I, you know, I, think, what I mean, like, it doesn't. It, I don't really. I think we jump to our masculinity as being being uh, challenged, but you know, rude and aggressive, whether from it comes from a man or a woman, is just not good business. Well, and it's that's not good thing. manners, you know what I mean? Yep. Right. And I think that what we're what you were saying before and what we're talking about too is like when you get loaded up into that stereotypical labeling and that kind of gets you sucked in. And then and it, the divide comes in between male, female, rude, aggressive versus ball busting versus bulldozing versus what, you know, and the labeling comes in versus it's just yep. this person has when the original question that you asked Lou to Michelle was about, you know, what makes an entrepreneur? What are the qualities? And the, the first thing that always comes to my mind when people ask me, like, what makes you different than the next blah, blah, blah. Right. I always say, well, I'm motivated maybe in a different way. I'm driven in a different way. And as to what Michelle was saying is, 
the way I was raised, good, bad, and indifferent made me motivated and driven to always Uh be successful. If someone put something in front of me and said I couldn't, oh, I was going to, and I was going to do it twice as hard, faster, stronger. If someone took something from me, I was going to damn sure make sure I got it back somehow, some way and do it 10 times faster, better, harder. So it was more, you know, so there's a quality of that go-getter-ness in it um, for good, bad, or indifferent. So I think that's a quality that um, in people that happens to be there that is missing in people who do not go out and do that. And there's nothing wrong with people who are doing their, their day-to-day lives with, with just their, you know, their nine to five job and they come home to their families. There's, that's wonderful. But when you're doing entrepreneurship and you're doing, um, you're trying to make people's lives better, like Michelle does, like I do, you're always moving forward to get to that next step, which is that's a drive. It's always like, okay, well that didn't work. And Michelle and I were talking about that yesterday, pandemic came and all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, you have to recreate a lot of things because things kind of crashed in on people, including some of the business stuff. And we had to recreate a lot of ways to be um, unique and diverse. And so for someone like Michelle, myself, you, even Lou, right, we had to really move and shake really fast to get it so that we didn't lose any time. Whereas a lot of people folded in on themselves because I think that quality is missing or it's not as well-trained, mm-hmm. not missing. It's just not. I was missing. thinking about that too this morning, Kim. Like I think gymnasts and elite athletes of both genders, okay, we're taught that you have to fail a lot to succeed, right? So when you're trying to do a trick, you know, you land on your head a lot, you know, and you don't just like try a trick. It doesn't go that you well. Okay, I'm, I tried it once. I'm good, right? You know, we you're over and over and over. You're running at that vault. You're, you know, you're trying that back handspring. You're, you know, you're over and over and over and over and over. And then, and then like, you know, then you stick it and, you, and that sound, you know, that sound and you go, Oh, okay. I got it. Right. But to get there, it's a lot of stick to itness and it's a lot of mental strength and fortitude and time. And we used to do Romanian drills, which are taking little tiny components of everything and breaking it into little pieces so that when you put the trick together, and so that's like process and patience. So I think that what people who succeed, whether it's an entrepreneurship or sports or art or whatever the case, whatever your thing is, it's about failing faster and just stick-to-itiveness and just mental strength. And, you know, I heard Emily Varva, who's a speaker at one of the organizations that I partner with, um, she said, it's not over till we win. And I went, yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. And that's like with life, right? You know, so like, I still feel like I'm on every day. I still feel like I'm showing up at the gym, Kim. You know what I mean? Yes. Because it's not over till I flip and win. Right. Well, and, and so winning is like what I think is winning, right? It's right. not... Well, because so when, so Michelle, you know, I'll go out on the limb here. So when she's talking about that, like, you know, the, going into the gym for Michelle and myself on a daily was we get to the gym at three o'clock in the afternoon and we were there till eight, eight thirty at night, sometimes nine if some of us, <clears throat> me, would refuse to do certain things on the balance team, <laughs> you know, because I was stubborn, um, you know, and then the whole gym would have to stay because oh, I nice. wouldn't do, right? So it builds character because <laughs> there is, there's this, there's a, there's no instant gratification. It's a process mm-hmm. and it's a patience level, like she was just saying, that 
it's, you know, breaking things down into small little pieces, which, you know, I talk on this program all the time about people are so much about instant gratification, want it now and want it fast. And if it doesn't work, they give up or they throw in the towel or forget it. I'll just, you know, do whatever. But when you have, you know, your best self, you're always working towards that movement forward of piecing it together, taking it in stride, knowing that you can't start at the first step and get to the 10th step up here by missing all the things in between and think it's going to be successful. You might make it there, but there's going to be a lot of, a lot of stuff in between. Whereas if you're successfully going through the more managed way of going through it and understanding how to do that, you're, you're much more successful. And that could be with your health and wellness. That can be with an athleticism thing that can be in your job, your business, your family. It's crossover to everything. Like I always say, sports, sports mentality crosses over into life mentality. Yeah. You have, you and I have talked about this. I think you brought up an important point is that you said people want instant gratification and there's no instant gratification, even in sports and athletics, right. but there is eventually gratification, right? You can do what you couldn't do before. It takes some time. It takes some work, but you can do what you couldn't do before. People who don't have that experience in sports often lack the reality that there will be gratification at the end. It's not them a choice between instant gratification and delayed gratification. It's a choice between instant gratification and no gratification. And that's a lesson you miss if you don't have a sports background that there is going to be, you work hard, there's going to be gratification. Well, and I also think that whether it's in sports or education or relationships or business, you can't have the end result be where your gratification comes from. The yep. doing is the gratification, you know? Like I never reached the level of a success that I wanted to reach as a gymnast because I got injured. But I look back at my gymnastics career and know I was very successful because nobody worked harder than me, right, Kim? Yes. I was super hard worker because I was playing catch up. I got there a couple of years late. I, my genetics are, I'm a little taller, right? So I had to work super hard to catch up. And I don't look back on my experience as a gymnast and say I was a failure because I had wins every day. You know, so when you're when you're in your business or you're, like every day when I go to bed at night, I review my day and I say, okay, what did I kick ass at? And what could I have done better? And every day there's stuff on both lists. You know, if, you, if you're only doing a check and balance, like I, I got to my goal, then you're never going to get there because nobody can sustain no feeling of accomplishment until you get this one little thing. And I was listening to, gosh, I can't remember her name, but she, she, uh, uh, hiked, um, What's the biggest mountain there? What's the biggest mountain? Mount Everest, right? Mount Everest. Yeah. And she was talking about what it felt like to finally be on the top of Mount Everest. And after years of fundraising and trying and just the just the craziness it takes to make something like that happen, you're at the summit for that first initial experience of being at the summit for about maybe five minutes of like, I did it. And then you have to come back down. Right. And most people actually die on the way back down, not on the way up. Right. So, you know, there's, there's, you can't have your life be about those five minutes. Your life has to be about showing up every day as a human being that male or female that, you know, God or whatever you, you know, I believe in God. I believe God put me here to do great things. And every day I show up as that woman, the best of my ability. Some days I do better than others. You know what I mean? Like I'm not perfect and I haven't reached sainthood yet. So I'm, I'm always making mistakes and I'm always learning. 
but every day my goal is to inch a little bit closer to being the person that I was put here on this planet to be and everything that I do. And so I always feel like I'm accomplished because of that. And that's, and so that's a characteristic of someone who's successful or who's, whether it's, you want to call it an entrepreneur or something, that's just being successful in the mindset of having that mental toughness mindset, having the forward moving mindset, the person who's not going to, you know, get down because today didn't go quite as well as yesterday or, or it, I only had a small little accomplishment versus, well, you know, a bigger, you know, I often, Michelle, I often talk about people and their eating habits just for health and wellness basis mm -hmm. here. And, and people so often get into that rut of, well, I had the piece of cake. So the whole day shot versus I had a piece of cake and my next choice is going to be a healthier choice. That's the same kind of piece. It's not just saying, oh, forget it. I'm over. I'm, I'll start next week or next month. It's well, no, it's, it's just a bump in the road. And now you just move on. You had it and it's okay. And you let it go. You know what? Well, While you're eating the cake, enjoy the dang cake. Right. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? I think, I think we have the cake and we feel guilty about it, but you know, life is not supposed to be, you know, gymnasts in particular, because that's what we, we, we grew up as, right? We were like super serious, man. Like, you know, I, le I left school at 1.30, got on a bus, got to the gym before everybody else did, did a weight training routine before everybody showed up. Everybody else got there at three. We trained for five hours. And I went home and did 2,000 setups, 500 push-ups while I was doing my homework. And when I woke up in the morning, I would run 10, 10, 10 miles before I, I, I went to school, right? And so, she would log it. She had a and I, I was that's why you know remember that about oh, me. I remember your logbook as yep. a I still do that. Yeah. Copious notes, right? Because I want to look back and know what I did. Right? So it's accountability, right? Yes. Well, that's what I do still. Yeah. But one of the things I've learned in life is that if you stay on the 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 treadmill grinding away, you're just grinding, you're gonna burn out. And life is, you know there's times to push and to, and to move towards excellence. But if you don't take time to rest and eat the dang cake and enjoy it and actually be present for it and taste it and enjoy the fact that your mom made it or you made it, or you got it at a great restaurant, like enjoy the cake. There's nothing wrong with having a piece of cake once in a while or a hot fudge sundae or hot tamales or whatever your, your drug of choice is. Right. <laughs> but you know, it, but, but, it's just making the best choices you can in the times in between the cake right. or the cocktail or whatever it is that you, that you, that you're doing. You know what I mean? So it's, I think sometimes we, we feel guilty if we're not just constantly on the straight and narrow and that's, that's not, that's not life. Right. So, so would you say Michelle then, because I mean, growing up the way we did, um, what do you think that when people don't grow up like we did with that structure and that motivation and all those, because many people don't, I mean, many people do not grow up in the intensity like Michelle just talked about. That was our, sure. our life. That was every day, but Sunday. So, and occasionally Sunday when we would ride 26 miles on a bike to a town close by to where we lived and then turn it around and come back when yeah. we were young. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that was a great idea on a highway, by the way. I do not bike anymore, by the way. <laughs> but what, what would you say, Michelle, for people from your experience um, that don't do that kind of training that we did and have that, like how to then translate that into life and business like you see now as adults and you do your networking now and all that. How would you give advice to that? We are crazy people. 
Okay. And we cannot expect the rest of the world to come up to our level of effort. 99.9% .9 of the people on the planet are never going to work as hard as you and I do. They just aren't. And to have those expectations, and I'm constantly having to reel myself back. Like when I'm working with Kayam and I'm, I'm working with a designer or I'm working with fill in the blank person that I'm, I'm collaborating with or a colleague that I'm working with. I always have to remind myself, you know, they're, they've got three hours for this thing. That's right. it. Their whole life doesn't revolve around this thing that I just asked them to do. You know, they, 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 they're just doing their thing, you know? And when you're working with normal um, people who are not entrepreneurial, who don't have their name on the lease or the mortgage, don't have, you know, millions of employees to pay, you know, they're, they're going to do what they're going to do to the best of their ability in the time frame that they're going to do it in. And they're not going to approach life the way you and I do. So the first thing is you have to accept that if you're, if you've been um, an elite level athlete or in some type of massively disciplined situation, that 99.9% .9 of the people in the world are never going to understand you or get you. And I think that's one of the reasons why you and I are so relieved. I think that it's relieved that we reconnected because yes. we're the last two standing. We're the only ones that really, that, you know, there was a good chunk of our childhood where we spent side by side, you know, and, and uh, it's a relief because you're my witness and I'm yours. Right. You know, and that's one of the things I love about not to get off on that subject, but right there is, and I was telling Lou that last week when we were off air that, that because when we connected back through and we have so many similarities now later in life, even though we, we, we're, we were so bonded together in childhood and then we went and did things, but they are so similar in so many different ways, you know, just across the country. And then we move on, you know, we, we are the last two standing around people that grew up together and did this experience of this crazy gymnastics world that made us who we are really to do all these things and to witness to be each other's witness to the experience because when Michelle and I reconnected, what a wonderful psychological, I, I remember it feeling very refreshing after the first two times we talked because I had not heard anyone in my life ever say I was a witness to your experience and validate the experience of, yeah, it was crazy. It was fun, but it was crazy and it was intense and no one in the world would ever be able to understand and that's what goes into all the things now that we both do. And so it's great to have that connection, to have other people around you that get it, to be able to do that. Whether you're female or male, it's about that shared universal experience of we witnessed each other's reality and know that, you know, this wasn't a, uh, this wasn't a cakewalk. <laughs> we have a cake theme today. <laughs> I'm serious. We're allowed to eat cake. I'm curious, and I'll start with Michelle, what percentage of that was nature and what percentage of that was nurture? I was knew you were going to come back to that question because you haven't yeah. answered yet. Yeah. You know, I think in Kim and I's case, it was both, right? Because we both had super freaking intense parents, okay? Um, our dads in particular and your mom. Um, my mom is not as intense professionally, but she's an, she loves intensely, right? So my mom is intense in a different way, right? So my mom is just super loving and, and uh, she's everybody's mom. You know, if you meet her for more than 10 minutes, she's going to make you an Afghan. She's, 
She's <laughs> something, right? So I we and I had a godfather, my uncle Nick, which will probably watch this later, who's still he's 86 and he just refuses. He's he's like, I am still exercising and I'm still gonna mow the lawn, damn it. I mean, he's he's still going out and hunting. I mean, he's 86 years old or 87 this year, I think. Um I think in our case it was both because we had parents that were in a small town and they had to, you know, um People used to call my dad a workaholic. I, 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 it just still annoys me now, especially now that I get older. Like if you have like two kids and a business and, and two businesses, two brick and mortars, and you've got a house and you've got three cars and you've got medical bills and dogs and a, a, a house that you hunt in, I don't know about you, you got to work, you know? And when you're an entrepreneur, that's a 24 seven deal. You know, that's not like a, um, I'm going to just go to Disneyland and forget about this stuff. You know what I mean? It's, it's a 24 seven deal. So I think in our case, it was genetic. I mean, and I think I'm in my family and I think also on your family, Kim, there's um, elite athletes and entrepreneurs is back as far as the eye can see on both sides. Yeah. The Irish side, it was like hotels and restaurants. And on the Italian side, it, it was polypreneurship to the extreme and uh, with a, a, a definitely a spin on fashion. My, my grandfather was a, a, a a um, tailor and there's that right yeah so i think that some of us it is genetic and i also think that you can learn leadership skills because i think that i know that i don't think it i know it that i would be a completely different person if it wasn't for gymnastics gymnastics gave me a foundation for life that i am grateful for every single day and even more grateful as I get older because I'm going to be 55 in a couple months. Most of my friends who are 55 don't look like me. You know, they don't, they, they can't do, I train twice a day still. They can't, you know, work out like I do. They can't, you know, stand in their head. They, they, they don't have, um, they have a lot more challenges than I do with their weight, you know, and I, I still struggle to keep my weight in check. It's an ongoing, you know, lifelong deal because my genetics wants me chunky. But if I didn't have gymnastics, I would be chunky, you know what I mean? And I would be a completely different person, but between business and sports and my own physical health, I learned everything I needed to learn about tenacity and stick to and, and failing faster and winning from gymnastics. You know, I mean, I'd be a totally different person. So I think that leadership is a combination of both for some of us. I think for some people it's genetic. They just wake up and they're, they're born that way. And I think for some people they make a decision or some key person comes into their life that plants a seed. Um, I'm in recovery and I've been sober for I'm going on 23 years now. And I see people that come in that are not leaders, that are at the bottom of the barrel, that are at the lowest bottoms of bottoms, and they become amazing leaders and they learn how to be leaders by being around people who are um, leading. So I, I do think that leadership is something that is learned, but you have to be in the right sandbox. If you're in the wrong sandbox, you might get some... I often, like when I worked in the women's shelter in New York City, I would say, God, if only that you could repurpose this, like, need to do the wrong thing in the right direction. You know what I mean? Because, man, some of the girls that I worked with in the shelter, they, they, were, they, had, they were just as dedicated to doing the wrong thing as I was dedicated to doing the right thing. So you have to be in the right sandbox. Well, and I think, so, Michelle, don't you, don't you agree and, that 
it's being it's the exposure rate to those things too is like the that people who are in the we'll call it the wrong sandbox or the misappropriated sandbox. They're they're in it because that's what they know. And instead of thinking that they have an alternative or other alternatives to get out to be able to do those things, they want a dream. They want they have the dreams, but they just don't know how to get out. It's kind of like I always think of Eminem. Eminem as you know the rapper, he he always comes to mind when I think of that, is that he struggled with a mother and a in an environment nurture wise that was both genetically and nurture wise a, horrific situation yeah and he, and he he changed his sandbox because he had a, a bunch of people around him that helped him generate an alternative to get out of it and i think that that's one of the things like that people if you don't know how to do it yourself or you feel stuck or whatever you're you go find the person you go find the people that can help you find your sandbox to get out of that or you find a new track i mean that's what people do when they come to me they're coming to me not for me to just sit and listen to them which is a traditional psychologist they come to me because i put them on a different track i find different yeah. tracks for them because they generate the alternatives or the different sandboxes so they can go the direction that they want because people are stuck people get stuck over and over and over again because they keep doing the same thing hoping for a different result but yeah. they're they're still playing in the same sandbox you see that uh, you change your people places and things for sure right i do a couple addiction shows and i know you deal with addiction and that's a running theme through addiction how mm -hmm. many times has an addict told you if i put the amount of energy i put into my addiction into something positive I've been a millionaire or however they <laughs> express it. And it's, that's the big change for them is they get a different sandbox. And instead of the addicts that are swimming in the addiction that they usually hang out with, they find the addicts who have found recovery. Right. And it's a different sandbox and it elevates them to hopefully elevates them to a different way of thinking. Well, it changes the attitude, the yeah. latitude, the gratitude, the, all those. Sitting with the winners is a good idea for sure. And I think it can happen one of two ways. You can be smart and make a choice, or you can be lucky or divinely inspired. The right person can walk into your life and make a difference. And so I always think about like when I'm in yoga and there's somebody beside me or in front of me or in my vicinity and they're struggling. You know what I mean? Like they're like, they're, it's hot. I do hot yoga. So they're like, oh my God, they want, you can just tell they're just, they, they want to run out of the room screaming, you know? And they, and, um, and they're lost and they're trying it for the first time and ugh, right? So in my mind, I think to myself, well, especially if I'm having a, you know, like a, a tired day too, I can think to myself, well, I'm just going to, you know, ignore what's happening around me, focus on myself and, and just allow myself to be tired and take a slower practice. Or I can step up my game and let that person draft off of me. Mm. And I, can, I do this a lot and I can feel it when it happens. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was my yoga teacher who got me into yoga here was behind me one day and I could see he was struggling. And in my mind, I thought, OK, I'm going to I'm going to pull him in. And I stepped my game up and I could watch him. He stepped his game up with me. And in the middle of the class, he came over and he said, you're making better. You're making how, how do you put it? He goes, you're making this better. I said, I know. Hmm. So, you know, you can be a, a catalyst for change for somebody just by walking your walk mm -hmm. you never know something somebody could be listening today and they could be on the on the borderline of making a decision to change something and something we say turns the light back on right or maybe just lights the match so it's not so dark you know and, and you can actually be an example of what's possible in somebody's life 
So people can either choose to find those people or those people just happen, you happen to bump into them throughout your life. And I believe that, you know, your parents and my parents and bumping into the people along the way in my life that just kept me moving in the right direction were always like divinely planted for me. You know, I could never go too far off the rails. Well, and I, th and I think to that point too, is that, you know, cause we're talking about like family and things like that is a big piece of that. And, and people around us is that I often hear, and I don't know if you do as much Michelle, but I often hear a lot of people make the, the reasoning or the justification. Well, my genetics don't allow me. I'm paraphrasing. My genetics make me this way. And it's like, well, that's a choice. Your genetics can put you in a a spot. The genetics can have you potentially have diabetes, heart failure, um, obesity, you know, all these things. But at the end of the day, your choices and where you, you know, your attitude of gratitude and change and movement forward, those are choices that has nothing to do with the genetics. Those are things that you, you actively can say, I'm making a choice to accept that my genetics are that way. Cause like you just said, again, Michelle, Michelle and I fight that same demon. We both have to work out every day, sometimes two first, because we are genetically loaded. As I've said on the show before, yeah. we're both genetically loaded to be chunky. Right. And, and we just choose to not, and it's not about, and I know it's not for her either. It's not about being thin or, or, or skinny. It's about being healthy and feeling good and not feeling um, slave to our, our genetics. And yeah. so that makes a big difference and that could be in anything. So, you know, so when people say that, you know, my reaction is always like, Ugh, that's just an excuse. Yeah. People always say to me, Michelle, it's easy for you. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> but let me tell you what, you know, and it's funny because I've got a um, friend, that, uh, he'll, he'll answer for you. He's like, oh, no, no. She gets up at four o'clock to go to the gym. She washes everything that goes in her mouth. She's very careful about, you know, I have a nutrition partner that I that I work with pretty exclusively and that, that keeps me on track. And then, um, you know, it, I, I, I could just default to my genetics, but I just refuse to allow myself to be uncomfortable and right. unhealthy, you know, and I like the way it feels to wear a cute dress and heels, quite frankly. And she looks amazing. I have to say when she does it, just say it. I, just, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't uh, want to give up on my, my uh, feminine, my femininity, my sexuality. I'm not just going to turn into a bump in the law. It's a decision. And I think the people that th say, Oh, it's easy for you. I'm like, well, number one, it's a choice. And number two, you're just lazy. Get off the dang couch. Right. Like if, you, if I if I if you worked out as much as you watch television, things would shift. Exactly. Exactly. And and so people say the same thing. It's it comes easy to you. And and I I will say yeah, the same thing. Easy. No, you no work at all. I'm, yeah, none. But I, I'll say, no, it doesn't come easy to me. I work this all the time. If I take too much time off, I'm in trouble. If I take too much time on, I'm working myself. I, and that's with business or weight or working out or family time, whatever it is, I suffer. I and joke and say, if I walk down the bread aisle, I gain weight. Yeah, I don't even have to eat the bread. I just walk down the aisle. That bread just jumps off the shelf right in my ass. That's just the way it goes. Like, my I, eat it. I love that you used the word acceptance when you were talking about that, because that's the basis of this, right? You accept right. your outcome and some people don't accept their outcome. And what happens is the people who accept their outcome, even though they really don't 
and I'll use the term cognitive dissonance. How did how did I do? You did good. Yeah, it creates um, it creates an unhappiness with people because they accept genetically I'm supposed to be heavy, and they accept that, but they don't really accept it. So they live with that that fight in their head of that like fight right. in their head, right? Yeah. Exactly. Right. So okay, so switching gears because we have plenty of time still, but I want so Michelle Michelle has got some new projects in the shoe and just because and we can keep talking about these pieces to it because it relates, but I want to have her talk about this um new thing she was telling me about that she's it's her current hustle. <laughs> I love okay. that. So if you scroll down. Yeah, scroll down, Lou. Make sure it, it scrolled out on I, I love that you've got my so it's um Kaya marketing. So we're expert in physical and digital consumer digital marketing. So basically what we do is we work with people in the consumer real estate space. So I have clients that are um, commercial real estate, uh, have multiple properties. I have single properties and I've got broker groups that I work with and we help them with their, with their marketing, both digital marketing and placemaking. So, you know, one of my clients is the shops in El Paseo at Palm Desert. You've seen me, you know, doing cool stuff on the street. Um, we're activating the street and partnering with the city and with the association in town. And it's just so cool because I've owned two brick and mortar shops myself. I've had a gallery and a salon and I grew up in a bicycle shop and the gym. Now that I think about it too, you know, um, being able to, um, just work on the marketing and not actually have to run my business too. Cause you know, I was, I worked with the village of Essex junction in Vermont and, you know, with my dad, you know, we're doing all kinds of things. So it's nice to just focus on the marketing for a, a place like the shops in El Paseo or Simi Valley town center is another one of my locations um, where I'm helping to drive traffic into the street or into the space. And I, I'd be doing all the digital website, social, but what my superpower is, is out of the box placemaking. And Naj is super, Naj, the owner of Client Marketing, is super good at that. So um, we were just at ICSC in Vegas. And as I was walking around, I'm thinking, wow, everything I've done my entire life has led me here. Because I get to use every single one of my skill set, including health and fitness, because we're doing activations that are health and fitness. So one of the... Um, the brands that I'm working with is as Athleta and I love their whole, as I dig into it, I love their whole thing about pro women and pro women of all sizes. Um, and then, you know, yoga activations and common spaces and those kinds of things. So I'm still, you know, the corporate um, wellness programming that, I, that I've won awards for in Vermont, I'm using all of that. And then also with my artist hat on, um, we're doing murals and art activations. I just spoke with the, um, public art uh, professionals that are with the city of Palm desert, you know, just really activating the space and, and lifting up the, the community and artists. So with my art hat on, I'm super excited to be able to promote art and promote art galleries and promote artists. Um, and also to give people the opportunity to experience art. So everything that I did as far as health and wellness, everything that I've done from a brick and mortar retail perspective, my marketing degrees, my graphic, my graphic design, photography. I'm getting to use every single one of my skills with Kayam. Um, also, um, I have a motorcycle influencing piece that I do. I have a um, Harley Davidson Road King, and I document my journey on her. And um, and I, I'm, I'm sorry, I do call her her. Sometimes well, I, I think her. it's I think it's important to talk about this because I consider Michelle. She's going to be the Anthony Bourdain 
on the motorcycle going around and doing what she's about to tell us about. Yeah, so I'm going to be fascinating things. 100%. I'm going to be working from the road at some point and doing some longer trips. So I'll be telling Kayam Marketing, oh, shoot, that's good to know that's that's not working. I'll, I'll have to you can go to Facebook, facebook.com, Lizzie Rides. You can find it there. It's good to know that's not working. Um, I hate to find out that it's a link is broken live like that. But what can do? <laughs> that's um, okay. So Nicolizzi Rides is um, me working from the road on my motorcycle and I'll be working on Kayan marketing and lifting up and prospecting and, and visiting different sites. But also I'll be visiting um, gyms and yoga studios and, and lifting up the wellness industry and, and eating in healthy places. And so sometimes I think the biker culture um, needs a little injection of you can drop, you can actually travel on your bike and make healthier choices. You can work out while you're traveling. You can go to have healthy meals. Not that I'm not going to have some ribs and ice cream and, 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 you know, coffee while I'm out there, but you know, definitely lifting up the wellness programs. I have also a piece that I do Nick Lizzie gives, which is philanthropy. This past couple of years, I've focused on the lymphoma and leukemia association. I was nominated for woman of the year three years in a row. when my dad was dying, from lymphoma, I accepted the nomination. I was runner up and I won the integration award last year. And now I serve on the Be Positive team to help lift up other candidates for the um, LLS Woman and the Man of the Year. Um, this year we happen to support a woman, but we could support a man on other occasions. And with all my art projects, I always give at least 10% away to charity on the, on the art of fearlessly doing business projects that I do, but I also gift um, and donate several paintings every year to charities so they can auction them off and create retail stores so they can have another um, place of, of, um, of giving. With my art hat on, right now I'm, I'm waiting to do another project because right I'm very busy with Cayenne Marketing right now, um, building and growing Cayenne Marketing and, and serving my clients, but I have a project that I do where I highlight entrepreneurship. And so I usually pick 13 entrepreneurs and they're successful people. I tell their story. Um, I do an interview like this. Their interview inspires a blog with five key takeaways. And the blog and the interview inspires a painting. So I'm a visual journalist. I tell stories and I illustrate them. And I've done six of those projects so far. And um, they 75% sell out before they open, which is kind of cool. And then uh, another 20%, another 10% of the art sells afterwards. And the, the art that doesn't sell, I eventually gift. So I never have too much in my storage unit. So I, uh, I definitely am busy in both of those areas. I have Choose Healthy Change, which is where I focus on um, health coaching and personal training. I always seem to have one personal training client. It just it never seems to go away. I've been a trainer for 38 years. I incorporate yoga, weight training, um, hiking, you know, you name it in there. And then um, I have a whole crew of people who I do nutritional coaching for. So that's that. And relentless talk radio. Nothing. Nothing, right? Relentless talk radio is my talk show, which I've done 340 interviews. Um, Maybe and, one of them. Nice. And and, and, and um, Kim was one of them, and we did it that two years ago. Um, during the pandemic, my plan was to take silver on the road and put the interviews on relentless talk radio, get sponsorships, and of course had to pivot because I couldn't travel. So I put Relentless Talk Radio on hiatus for a bit while I um, decided how the pivot was going to work. So right now, I'm 99.9% focused on Cayenne Marketing. Um, and, the uh, and you know, Michalizzi Rides is happening in the pockets in between. Um, Michalizzi Art is on hold. It's percolating. I, I say it hiatus is that are percolating. 
Um, and Nicolizzi gives is something that I'm always giving back. I believe that um, I'm a conscious capitalist. I believe in stakeholders. And I believe that you have to, philanthropy has got to be part of the mix. If you want the universe to give to you, then you've got to give to the universe. It's just the way it is. So um, I don't know when the next Michelizzi Rides trip will be. It might be Sturgis this year, if I can squeeze it in. Um, I'll keep you posted. Um, once I get settled with, you know, kind of marketing chugging along in a, at, a, at a good clip where I feel comfortable, um, I'll, I'll inject the trip and I'll keep you posted on it. So, Michelle, what you when we were talking yesterday, too, you were talking about, was Kayam part of you were going to be going to Chicago, potentially? And you have a prospect in Chicago, so cross your fingers. Right. So that's yeah. so she's, you're moving around on that, too. So I have a lot of, I mean, I have a lot of listeners, a lot of listeners worldwide uh, mm -hmm. over in Sweden and Australia and France and Italy and lots of kids, teenagers listening. Um, and... Uh, a lot of teenage girls listening. So, um, and I had been promoting this for, you know, uplifting women and seeing that. So if you could give advice to young people, you know, that don't have our background necessarily, and or maybe they do, what would you say is, you know, your top one or two things that you could, you know, give advice about to get kids to go in a track towards what you and I both do? Oh, I think that sandbox thing is super important. Okay. Be careful about your sandbox. Mm -hmm. You're better off standing solo in your own sandbox for a while until you have the right folks in your sandbox than you are to jump into just any old sandbox, you know? And what do you do? What do you think you do with it? Because this comes up all the time in my practice. What do you, mm -hmm. what would you say to do with people when you're in your sandbox with people that you shouldn't be in the sandbox with? Like, what do you do? I've had plenty of people in my life that I found myself in the wrong sandbox at a time frame. You know what I mean? And um, so, you know, it depends upon the circumstance. Sometimes there needs to be just an exit. You don't need to explain. You just jump out of the dang sandbox. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You don't even have to say goodbye. You can just exit, right? There's, there's sometimes in your life where you just exit. But other times, you know, there's that turtle and the scorpion story. Have you ever heard that one? Oh, yeah. So the turtle and the scorpion are walking by the river and the scorpion says to the turtle, hey, dude, I've got to get to the other side of the street, the river. Can you just give me a ride? And the turtle says, listen, I know you. You're a scorpion. I'm allergic to scorpions. We're going to get out in the middle of that dang river and you're going to sting me. And he's like, and the scorpion's like, no, be honest, dude. I will, I, will, I will so restrain myself. I'll wait till we get to the other side and then you can run away from me before I sting you. And so the turtle's like, Ugh. the turtle's a nice guy. He's thinking... I don't know how long would it take a couple, three, four, 10 minutes. Maybe he, he can, he can restrain himself for 10 minutes. Right. Mm. So they get out in the middle of the water and that dang scorpion stings him. And you know, as they're both drowning now, this, the turtle like, dude, and he's like, man, I couldn't help it. I'm a scorpion. Yep. So there's some people that will hurt you or, or derail you. And in fact, they hurt themselves too. Cause there's right. two parts of the story. One, the turtle's drowning, but also guess what? So is a scorpion. Right. Scorpions not getting their way either, right? So I'll walk now on the side of the river with the scorpion. I just don't let the scorpion get on my back. And I don't have to explain to the scorpion why that is. And I think I think that's such a great lesson and that you know in in the clinical psych world of what I do for a living, I'm constantly telling people that they have the, they have the right 
to choose not to walk with the scorpion or cross the river with the scorpion that, you know, the guilt and the shame that they feel because of the socialized pressure of what it means to be a nice person because no one wants to hurt the scorpion's feelings. Yeah. But, you know, nonetheless, you know, at the end of the day, if you don't take care of yourself first and you don't look out for you, which gets into, well, and then I'm being selfish. No, it's about, you can, you can still be loving, kind and compassionate, but you don't actually have to join in so you get hurt. You can limit your toxicity uh, from the thing that you're and, you know what? It's not good for the scorpion either, by the way. Right, right. No. Okay, because sometimes the most loving thing you can do for a person is say, I got to go or no or not right now. In fact, that's a really, you know, our parents use this a lot. Like, I'll think about it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you don't even have to say no. You can just say, I'll think about it. Right. You know, but learning how to say no has been. And walking away, I've had to walk away from some toxic stuff in my life. You know, you have the best hopes for a circumstance and you're like, I, I'm going to put all my heart and soul into it. But, you know, that practice I have about what went well and what didn't go well. Well, if yeah. I find myself having the what didn't go well is on the same thing for just a little too long, then I got to look at what's my part in that. Right. What am I signing up for? You know? And why and, keeping and it accountable, around. you know, accountability and responsibility is very important. What's my part in this? You know, what, what do I need to do? I need to go back to therapy. I need to go to, you know, talk to my friends about this. I need to pray about it. Do I need, what, what, what's, what action can I take to invest in myself so I can make a better decision? And, you know, sometimes you got to be in a hallway for a while. You're not sure if you're in the right sandbox or not. You got to be in the hallway and observe, you know, right. but when you figure that you're in the right, wrong sandbox, you need to just get out of it. And, you know, it doesn't mean that you can't be nice to the people in that sandbox. You just don't get back into the sandbox. Right. And you create an emotional boundary, too. Like, I can walk. I can, I'm in the biker culture. I can walk in a lot of places as a sober woman. You wouldn't think that I would go. But you know what I know, especially if I'm part of a club or something and I'm around women that still have the patch on their vest as this property of, which is nothing wrong with that. That's where you're, that's where you're at. I'm fine. That's okay, you know. But to see a woman that's her own woman who's sober, who's walking in that culture. Again, back to what I do in yoga, right? You can pull people along by your example. You can never pull people along by lecturing them. No. Mm. You have to just walk your walk. And that's how you, you, you help other people is by being a good example or an excellent example of an excellent example. Like I'll, I'll thank people a lot for, you know, thanks for being an excellent example of an excellent example because we need those things. You know, so I think that would be the first thing that I would tell a, um, a young person. And then also um, don't be afraid to fail a lot because that's what, um, you know, truth be told, I'm not anywhere near where I want to be yet as a, as a person, as a woman, as an entrepreneur, as an, as an, I'm, you know, I'm not, I haven't arrived yet. You know, uh, I, I hope I never arrive because it keeps me, you ever hear that um, Matthew Conaghy's, thing where he talks about, you know, what are you chasing? Yes. I hope I'm always chasing something excellent, you know, because then I'm constantly shooting for the moon, like Les Brown says, and landing in the stars, right? Right. So I hope to never arrive. I don't ever want to get the brass ring. Well, because it keeps you with a sense of purpose and it keeps you going and giving you something to look forward to, which then you don't become complacent and you don't shoot for the mediocrity of the settling for your space and your life, which is a lot of times what, you know, the inspiration of people who are stuck in their stuff, um, you know, they, they just don't move forward because they get stuck in that mindset. And it's about, 
you keep going forward. You keep shooting for something. You keep putting something out in front of you because without that, you have, you just don't have, you, you don't have to do what you do. You don't have to do what I do. You don't like I've, I've said, you don't have to run a marathon like I do, but you know, run the street, go down the street, just make it to the mailbox. Just do something that's going to yeah. give you something that gives you a sense of, oh my God, I had an accomplishment. I have something to look forward to. And next day or next week or whatever, because it's going to come. But if you, if you go complacent and you don't shoot for something, then, you know, that's where people fall apart. That's why when people retire and they don't have a hobby mm-hmm. and they don't have a set of friends and they don't have all these things, people struggle and people fall apart and people often pass away very quickly or yep. early after retirement because they don't have the journey that, that is set out in front of them because their sense of purpose was wrapped up in the identity of who they were versus who they are going to be. And you can keep being all the way until your last day. A hundred percent. You know, and that was the third thing I was going to say. And so I'm smiling because, you know, once again, right, you and I have a very similar mindset that, you know, being in the right sandbox, fail faster. Don't be afraid to fail. And the third thing is you have, you have to have a reason why every day, a purpose, you know, like when I made a decision not to have children, you know, long story short, I'm out walking in the woods. This is, it's in Vermont. So the leaves are making lots of noise. And for a second, everything just stopped. And I went, not God's will for me to have kids. And that was always up until that point. I was 39 years old when I had this moment. Everything I was doing was striving to be a mother. So that was the purpose. Everything was the purpose of being in a position where I could be a mom. The second thing out of my mouth, literally audibly out of my mouth, I was like, all right, God, I hear you, but you better bring me a vocation where I can leave a legacy. So everything I do is about leaving a legacy, you know, one that I can be proud of. And like, you know, when I work with Naj and she talks about her kids, put her kids through school and stuff, you know, I know that the work that I'm doing with Kayam is helping her kids, hopefully, eventually, you know, if they choose to go to college, you know, and get them through, you know, private school. And, right. you know, so having a, having a reason why you're partnering with people, why you're, um, you do why you do what you do, you know, and, and to revisit that shit regularly. <laughs> you can't just make a goal like when you're 18 and stick with it till you're 60 because things are going to shift, change, and evolve. Revisit, pivot, adjust, and create smaller goals that you can achieve and reach. And then guess what? You can actually, along the way, when you're actually getting to those goals, go, you know what? I got to make a change in the big goal, right? So every year I do a, um, relentless resolution challenge where I challenge people for the first 90 days of the, of the, of the um, year to create a, a resolution and stick with it for the first 90 days, because most people don't, they, they, they make a resolution and forget it. And it's not really about resolutions for me. It's the practice of, of remembering that you have to have wise, you know, it's not when I was a financial advisor, money is not the reason why people save. you don't save just to say, I got a lot of money. You say, because I'm going to take care of my grandkids or I'm going to go on a trip or I'm, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a money is just a tool, you know, right. So you have to have the, you know, your why has to be very personal and it has to be a reason to put your boots on the ground every day and to fail faster and to keep having the courage to choose the right sandbox. But if you haven't got that, why you're dead in the water. And, and I think because a couple of years ago, I, I did a show on knowing your why. And I think just to piggyback on that, Michelle, is so important that when people think of their why, because, you know, people start thinking right now, they're, you know, they're listening and they're thinking, okay, what's my why? Why isn't the big picture? 
it's not, I, my why is to make money. My why is to be successful. It has to be really specific on a daily or on a couple, every couple day or weekly basis. It's what's your daily why, you know? And sometimes I say to people, your why today is make five people smile today. Um, you know, don't get angry when you're driving today. There's your why. <laughs> Make it so that it could be something basic, I've right? I've never had that why. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Lou, that's a whole different story yeah, for Lou. Whole different story. <laughs> but, but the why has to be very specific to, well, yeah, you want to make money, but why? Why do you want to make money? Because you want to be happy, but why do you want to be happy? Like, so you have to really because the why that. negates that acceptance that we talked about earlier, right. right? You don't if it your what when it becomes your why, you don't accept. In other words, if your why is I need to lose weight, I need to get in better shape, then you don't accept the fact that your genetics or whatever rationalization you used up to that point. Right. Yeah, you know, it, it gets it makes you find uh, ways to not make excuses for sure. Yeah. Right. Right. And so being so just going toward the why, finding your why is such a specific thing. It's it's way smaller, but bigger than just talking about the generalization of I do this because I want to, you know, go on a trip or it's about I want to feel an accomplishment at the end of the day. I want to be able to sit down at the end of the day like Michelle does and do, you know, what went well today and what didn't go well today. What am I happy about? What am I not happy about? What can I change? What can I not change? And taking the time to do that and really focusing on that. There's where you find your dedication, your drive, your motivation to your why, because you start seeing the success in it. And whether it doesn't matter gender, it's about really being able to put that in motion. And that makes you more of an entrepreneurial mind. You may not be in entrepreneurship like we all, the three of us are in this way, but you will have an entrepreneurial mindset because it's a, it's a mental toughness mindset. It's a striving forward mindset. And that's such an important key to, I think, what I'm guessing Michelle does and what I do. I'm guessing you in your why. practice, whenever you've asked that question about what their why is, the response is always, what do you mean? It's more often than not, what more do you mean? More often than not, what do you mean? Because people who don't have a why are drifting, right? Basically. Yeah. And so that's what they, that's one, that's probably the basis thing they're looking for when they come to you. Why? Yeah. Well, why and how? Yeah. I just think that people who don't have whys are miserable. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, when I think about people in my life that don't have a, 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 a firm grasp on the reason, their purpose, you're like the hole in the donut. You know, you just kind of, there's nothing makes you happy because nothing is really attached to anything in particular, you know? And I also think that you have to give yourself grace every day because you and I are drivers, right? You know, we, we're going to, we're going to push as hard as we can. And um, I think that both of us have learned over time from a very dramatic and sometimes traumatic experience where we both were kind of forced into an eating disorder, right? Not necessarily by choice, but for sure, um, gymnasts and ballet dancers and, you know, anybody who's got to be skinny, we we have like a forced eating disorder. Michelle and Um, I have a bad relationship with food over the years. (laughs) Yeah. We, you know, I mean, food was the enemy, right? Right. So like when I say for me to say, enjoy the cake, that's a revolutionary statement for a gymnast. Okay. Yeah. So for, but I also think that you have to give yourself grace. And I remember when I went to yoga, when I first came to Arizona, I had a yoga teacher say, showing up on your mat is enough. Like everybody shows up on their mat, a different person every day. And yoga had to train me out of push no matter what, right? Because when I push no matter what, then I get injured. 
And when I get injured, I'm dead in the water. So age and yoga has taught me that I have to literally check my ego at the door and listen to where I'm at and say, you know what, today I'm on my mat and I'm going to focus on breathing. That's it. Right. Today I got a bed. I'm going to be relaxed today as much as I can. I'm going to get back in bed later. I'm going to make my bed because I always make my bed because messy bed, messy head, right? I'm going to make my bed. Right. And then maybe I'm going to get back in it in an hour. Because if you don't give yourself grace to have those days where you're a little weaker, okay? Because that's what's part. People think that strength is just brute, right? But strength is yielding. Like if you have a big bamboo tree and a, and a really good wind can crack that thing. But grass just, wind, it just blows in the wind, you know? True strength is really yielding. And so in the days where I'm, you know, um, I'm a super emotional person. Like I feel, I have all the feelings, you know what I mean? Like sometimes simultaneously at three times, you know, all of them at once, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I got a lot going on in my person, you know what I mean? Well, you're you're like, Italian and Irish like I am. And I understand that whole concept. <laughs> genetics, right? But I'm also wired to be that way. And I don't want to change being a hyper feeling person because that's my superpower when it comes to loving people and loving, loving what I do. And, and I bring it to my work every day. And it's, it's my, it's my, it's my uh, superpower. And it also can make my life super hard because my feelings get hurt and I have to heal and I pay attention. I, you know, sometimes I can't watch the news because I'm just, it's just too much for me to see some of the things that are going on in the world. Or if I see something on the street, I, I'm, I'm an empath. So I feel it all right. So some days I got to go, okay, Michelle, you know what? Today's a day where you're unplugging and you're going to go to yoga and you're going to try not to think the best you can. You're going to go get a massage. You're going to be around only people that love you today or be by yourself. You're going to like pray. You're, I'm going to just unplug and take a second. So important. And I'm going to do that for as long as I need to until my feet are back underneath me. Because right. if I push too far forward and my feet are not back underneath me, then I'm not good use to me or anybody else, right? right. That's also part of being strong is realizing, you know, today is not the day. Or I'm, a, I'm, I'm even gonna. No one's gonna accuse me of being a bulldozer today because I'm, I'm on the down low. Right. And also knowing when you're not in charge and you can just be part of. You can be a worker among workers. You can be a person that's there. I remember when I had my salon, one of my hairdressers was at a wedding with me. And we were in the corner, you know, the corner of the front. And I was sitting there and she looks at me and goes, what's wrong? I go, what do you mean what's wrong? She said, well, you're not, you know, usually you're talking to everybody. And you." I go, it's not my wedding. And she went, what do you mean? I go, it's not my rodeo. It's not my wedding. I'm here to be a supporting character. I'm not in charge. I'm not the, I'm not the chick in the dress. I'm the chick in the table in the corner that's here to just be a witness to this woman's most amazing day in her life. It is not my wedding. It is not my rodeo. It's, it's, I am just a bozo on the bus today. <laughs> and she was like, Oh, like you have to know when to be a bozo on the bus and when to be right. the bus driver and when to get off the dang bus and just stand at the bus stop or when to just go down a different street. Like every, all this stuff is, you got to know where you're at and be honest and check, check your ego at the door and see as a gymnast, our egos were our best friends because when I'm not doing that, dad, screw you, right? You're at the gym until 10 o'clock. And I, I come in the next day, I go, what time do you get to bed? And you go, 11. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, I mean, I'm not doing it, you know? So you have to know when, when it's smart to push and when it's, when you just need to like give in and, and, uh, and, you know, do the dang do and go to bed. You know, it, it's just, uh, it's all it. 
self-awareness and showing up for yourself. And, and guess what? You only get to learn this shit by doing right. Right. You don't show up for life and do stuff and have it not work out well and get your heart broken and have to leave and stay and choose. And if you don't show up and do life, then you miss out on the whole exercise. And you're one of those boring people that never lives. And I just refuse to be that person. See, I told you you'd love her. I do. (laughs) Um, Okay. So, well, uh, the time on the wall is that we are coming to a close, but um, I don't, Michelle and I already talked about this yesterday, that this was going to be a multiple series kind of show because we were, we would not be able to just get everything in. This was going to be more of the intro to introduce you to her. And also um, I think she's inspiring. I think she and I follow the same lead a lot of, on a lot of the things that we do. So I'm certainly welcoming her back. We will make that arrangement to have that. Um, And uh, so exciting. Um, She'll also be up in this neck of the woods and maybe I'll wrangle her to come in studio live. I don't know in the next month or two, but she's going to be nearby in August. So maybe I could just, you know, snag. I'm just warning you. My mother may hug you to death. You might, you might actually suffocate. Uh, that's okay. I haven't seen your mother in 40 something years. So I will take the this year. I'm taking her to the beach. Dang it. And so, um, but in the meantime, hopefully, um, we could, you know, um, re-rally and have another, um, show. There have been, I don't know, Michelle, if you can see on the side, there have been a lot of commentaries, a lot of, uh, yes, we agree kind of thing. Um, certainly you, when you go back and look, you can see all the comments um, from people agreeing and excited and yes, yes, yes. And um, for people that are listening and watching, you can reach Michelle through all the different, um, her social media channel, her regular website channel. Um, her phone number is up on the side there and it's also being posted on the front. Um, she does speaking engagement. She will consult with you. She does all kinds of um things that you need her to do that um, I'm encouraging people that are especially out on the West coast that are my listeners to certainly reach out to her because I have a lot of those out there um, and also connections for you to do um, work with. So uh, please feel free to reach out to her. She's a great resource and, um, and she's a love and I'm so happy to have her back in my life. Yay. And um, and you guys will be hearing from us more, I'm sure. Um, and if you guys have other questions, certainly you can write to me or call me like you usually do on the weekly. And I can certainly touch base with her and ask if you have something that's directly to her and, and then repost. Look at this little cutie patootie, Eric. Thanks, Eric. That's super sweet, dude. Thanks. Oh, that's... Oh, that's... glasses on. I love it. Oh, well, so, and Eric, so, uh, God love Eric. So, Eric is in Sweden. So he's listening to us live from Sweden. And um, so I work with Eric um, on um, the human baton. And so he is a, an athlete extraordinaire in his, in all of his own ways. And he Maybe is. I'll bring my, I'll have my Harley shipped to Sweden, Eric. Oh, 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 oh Eric, for Harley to Sweden. You guys can go out Harley riding. <laughs> um, so I'll one or the other. <laughs> So, but so it, just in case, so that Michelle, like people thought it was a great topic today and good stuff. And I think this is so important for people in general, not just females, but I am working on women in leadership and trying to get more women uplifted, and empowered. So I couldn't think of a better person to join me today. And so we will be signing off here shortly. Um, when we sign off, Michelle, you stay online and, um, and, but we will sign off and everybody have a great week. I will talk to you next week and I will see you then. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. It's been awesome.